Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversation, where we will help you CFP your way out of it. A podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Welcome back. Happy holidays. Yes. Happy holidays to you too. It's December. Somehow, some way, we are at the end of the year. Yes. Exciting time. So, like, so like most good planners, uh, there's probably some last-minute things that need to at least get addressed. Make yes. sure you know we we make the list. You check it twice. <laughs> yeah, that was yours. So, for anybody who didn't like that, that was Ben's Ben's pun. Uh, <laughs> No, we, we have a year-end checklist that we go through with clients, um, you know, for our, for our own accord. So, so let's just share what some of those items are. And for those yeah. that aren't clients, maybe it's making sure that they're, they're checking those boxes for themselves as well. Yeah. So call it like the year-end financial planning checklist that we kind of institute. Um, when, when you and I just talked about this, it was like, let's just peel back the curtain, right? Because there are many things that I'm sure... Um, you know, we share with our clients that we're doing on a regular basis, but then there are these things that even if we're doing it throughout the year, it's really good at the end of the year to just make sure we're going through it one last time. So I'll start with the portfolio stuff. I mean, we are financial planners. This podcast is all about that. Um, we say we're planners first, investment professionals second. Part of the financial planning side of investments is just checking allocations, right? Reviewing that balance between stock and bonds and different asset classes, they tend to move a lot. In 2020, they moved a heck of a lot. Um, so not only is it, hey, pat everybody on the back for hanging in there during a wild ride this year, but um, let's just see if we need to tweak some things as we head into a new calendar year based on how those asset classes kind of interacted with each other through 2020. And it, anything else you want to say to that? No, I think that, that's that's... That's a good way to put it. I mean, we we look at it from, like you said, not not all investments went up to the same degree. So even just from that aspect, making sure that the individual investments are still within the tolerance for their target. Right. Um, you know, that not again, not everything either going up at the same rate or you know maybe some things are down this year. There are certainly areas of the market that are not you know, your Amazon and your Target and your Walmart yeah. did well in a COVID environment um, because of their business model. Not everything reacted that way. So yeah, just reassessing, making sure that your portfolio allocation as a whole still fits you, right? Going through March, how did you feel? How did you react? Um, and if you did make it through and stick to your plan, I think you said it, pat yourself on the back, but let's readdress moving forward to make sure that if that happens again, that you're able to, to weather that storm. Right again, and making sure that your portfolio is, is a fit for you moving forward. Um, yeah, the other, I, go ahead. I think that ties into taxes and maybe that's where you were going too, because as you were kind of saying, hey, certain things may not have done so well. If mm -hmm. some of those investments are in a non-retirement account, then it's really important for us as you know financial planners to kind of assess the overall tax impact of gains and losses for individual clients, especially if they've built their wealth in a non-retirement account as opposed to a retirement account. So 
that's a really important one to not only see where they're kind of standing as of today, but we kind of recognize that mutual funds by their very nature kind of kick off income, uh, capital gains, dividends, interest. And it's really important for us to know what's coming, you know, usually in the month of December um, to see if there's something that we need to do different. Yeah, we, we use a tool to kind of track all that here. And it's, it's around this time of the year. A lot of, a lot of these mutual fund companies, either in November or December, will, will kick off those capital gains as, um, as a function of any, any buying and selling that they've done, the managers within these mutual funds. Um, you know, yeah. As part of that structure, those have to get passed on to the shareholders. Um, and to your point, there's, there's a, a lot of that you can't control. Right. If, if a fund is going to pay a, a, a capital gain, you either need to accept that or you need to decide, you know what, I'm going to sell that fund before that becomes income to me. But now that can have a trickle down effect of, well, what's my gain or loss on it from a yeah. sale standpoint? Is yeah. that short term? Is it long term? So it's, it's not exactly as easy as, well, it's going to pay me a capital gain. And <laughs> I want to avoid that. There are other consequences that, that may trickle down as well. So it's, it's just mashing all those pieces together and seeing which one is, is the most, makes the most sense. Yeah. And it's not, this is not meant to make people's like eyes glaze over <laughs> on the whole tax side of things, but it's, it's like from a year end checklist, it's really important that we be doing this for, for every individual client that has this type of account. Um, if for nothing else, then to know what the consequences are going to be or kind of aggregate it, there are certain things that can offset, right? Gains can offset losses. So what, what is good for one person may not be good for the next, but certainly yeah. understanding the aggregate of what's going to happen for somebody is, it's really important, especially if you have a, a bunch of different accounts at different locations, yeah. uh, different firms. Um, this is where data aggregation and, and what, you know, we want to kind of coach people through why that's so important. So, um, okay. Portfolio gains, losses, moving on. All right. What about, what about just an assessment of income and expenses from the given year? How are we helping people there? Uh, yeah, I think it, it, it depends on, I guess, which camp you fall into. I, I think, you know, I was looking at, um, the CARES Act this year that instituted the, the rule that if you were RMD age or required minimum mm -hmm. distribution, right? So if you were over 70 and a half or now the new age is 72, you were in that camp, you didn't have to take your, your distribution, your required distribution this year as part of that CARES Act legislation that was passed. So in theory, if all other income being equal for those people, then this could be a lower income year for that group. Yep. Then, are, then are there ways to pull income into this year or just other planning ideas to just maximize what could be a, a lower tax year this year? Yeah, solid point. So we we may have had some of those, I'm thinking we've had some of these conversations. We had some of them back in May, June, yeah. July. Um, so that's important that we had those at that time. But if we haven't yet, you know, there still may be a good reason to say, okay, what are my plans moving forward? What was 2021 going to look like from a, a capital expense standpoint project, things we hope to have happen, things that got delayed because of COVID-19 that I hope can actually happen next year. I'm thinking of all our cruising clients, um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, yeah. But, you know, pulling the income in, as you kind of said, that is a calendar year thing. So when it comes to IRA distributions, things that will be income taxable, let's take stock, pun not intended. Let's take, let's make the assessment on... <laughs> 
is it, is it important to kind of spread that out over two years? You know, as planners, we often think, man, we can hit three different tax years from distributions in 367 days, right? By making some sort of decision on December 31st of one year, anytime next year, and then January 1st, January 2nd of the following year. So it's, it's good planning to just have the conversations, even if it's as simple as what were you planning to do and allow yeah. us to do our work on, well, then what makes sense from a tax standpoint? Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we preach flexibility when it comes to planning. So even if it's just deciding, well, which, which account or which bucket, which tax bucket is the most efficient way to, to, to fill that, that need. That's again, as planners, the more information we have and the more flexibility we can, we can help guide to a, a, a good conclusion, we hope. So yeah, getting ahead of that before the end of the year is a, is a big one. So let's, let's flip that then to the other side of things. Well, what if you're still working and it was, a, or even if you're not, if, if this was a much higher income year than years past, what, what's the flip side of that? What can we do to, to help someone who's looking for either more deductions or maxing out you know, company plans or something along those lines? Well, I think you hit it. Um, if, if you were fortunate that, you know, this was a bigger year for you, maybe there was some sort of windfall, maybe income was just better than, than you expected. You know, you're, you're at that accumulating phase of life and income was good. Yeah, I mean, we go to those workplace plans first because those limits on what you can contribute are pretty high. Again, time's maybe running out to shove money into that plan, but if you haven't maxed it, there should be room to do that. Um, health savings accounts is another one that we kind of try to put on that list of potential. Um, it may be trying to figure out how you get over the standard deduction. Maybe it's itemizing deductions. That, that may require some sort of charitable component to what you do. Hint, hint, check our prior podcast on Giving Tuesday. Um, I mean, what, what else is on your mind there? Um, I was just thinking from a, a business owner perspective, right? If, if right, there's right. expenses or, you know, whatever, capital expenditures, or there's a piece of equipment or technology, whatever, for, for next year, it may make sense to pull it into this year. Um, I guess the biggest unknown right now is just, you know, what what is the tax plan going to look like next year from a, a new administration um, and not knowing what the makeup of the Senate will be kind of puts a big question mark on that. So yeah. even again, they're just thinking it through, maybe it makes sense to spread it out over multiple years, whatever that is, um, it, it still makes sense to at least have the conversation. Um, and in that sense, you know, for talking about taxes, get your tax preparer involved, they need to be the one that can help yeah. drive that bus and verify if it makes complete sense to do that. Um, but yeah, again, just, just thinking if pulling deductions into this year, if your, your income was higher, it may make sense. Yeah. And I, I think that's really well said. It's, it's just planning in general, right? It, it really does. If there's a theme that we want to be out there kind of consistently in our podcast, it's let's try to think three, six, nine, 12 months ahead. Um, and again, it's really important for tax purposes here, but I know we also internally kind of have a checklist uh, by the end of the year. It's maybe some of the more simple things. The fourth quarter to us is let's just double check beneficiary designations or yeah. estate document. Um, I know there are other things on our list that, that we would want to go through with people, um, but it's just getting yourself into that regular cadence. Um, these are things that we do based on our planning model, but if 
and you're not working with us or you have some sort of other uh, advice that you're getting, um, just make sure you're following that regular cadence that if there are things you said you were going to do at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and it's been a wild ride in 2020, but you know, hold yourself accountable to getting it done before December 31st, especially as things get busy with the holiday. Yeah, and I think I'll just put a put a bow on that. Even if it's not, um, you know, certain things that don't have a, a calendar year component to them, right? If it's an IRA contribution or an HSA contribution or just taxes, potentially some of the taxes, um, if not by year end, then then make the plan for very early next year to start to check those boxes so that again, you're not feeling strapped for time or, you know, making quick decisions come April 13th. Yeah. Who knows where the next couple of weeks, months lead us. And it's been recently some good news on vaccines, but if you've got not a lot of opportunity to do some of the things you'd rather be doing, um, then, Hey, check some things off this list, right? Give us a call. We'll help you do it. Absolutely. What else on year end, either people should be thinking about or, you know, on our internal list in an effort to kind of pull back the curtain here? I don't know. What do you have? I don't have anything else on my list. Well, then let's just summarize it. Think okay. for uh, first things first, we're, you know, we're consistently assessing portfolios, but for individuals, it's that risk return profile. Does it fit? Does the asset allocation? still align with what they want to do, um, and maybe more importantly than just checking that box, the, the detail on the tax side is really where we put a lot of effort into you know, December meetings here. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of that behind the scenes, but it may require a conversation um, with, with certain clients. Yeah, yeah. so it, if it was a lower income year, then there may be opportunity to bring a little bit of income into this year to offset that maybe that makes sense. Um, the RMD not being uh, required yep. this year, there may be opportunity to still continue to do what is called the, the QCD or the qualified charitable distribution. Right, if you're if you're charitably inclined, that is a way to get money to an organization and avoid the tax completely. You don't have to worry about a deduction; it just comes right from your retirement account directly to the charity. So that's one one way to do that. Um, if it's the flip side and, and your income is higher, then it's looking at ways to bring deductions or expenses into uh, into this tax year to offset that higher income. Yeah, we talk about other just financial planning checklists. If you had one at the beginning of the year, make sure stuff is done. If not, okay, but let's make a plan for getting it done soon. And I think you mentioned the business owners was a good one too. You know, this is a really important time to get that tax repair CPA on the line and say, where am I at? Because if there's some sort of capital expense you need to do before the end of the year, then make sure it happens. So, hey, thanks for bailing me out on the summary portion of this podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. One. <laughs> good, good teamwork here. Hey, happy holidays. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for all your help. And to everybody out there, if this is the last one you're listening to in 2020, get that checklist done. Happy holidays. You got it. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, 
Consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.